the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Your headquarters for everything Apopka and surrounding areas. As Roger speaks with local leaders, updates you on event happenings, and brings you up to date on Apopka Blue Darter Sports. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show on Apopka's hometown station, 1520 WBZW. And this is my turn. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. Of course, the Roger Franklin Williams Show is a program that is dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. As you know, we also pay a very close attention, pay very close attention to the local local politics and government in Central Florida and in the state of Florida. And we'll be paying a focusing on Seminole County in our program first part of our program today. Before we introduce our guest, I want to let you know, of course, that and give a shout out to our friend, Dr. Patrick St. Germain, D.C. and BurnFatOrlando.com. Dr. Patrick St. Germain, proud to be voted best chiropractor for now six years in a row. So when you're in pain, call Dr. St. Germain at 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. Right now, we're pleased to be joined by Mr. John Horan. He is the chairman of the Seminole County Board of County Commissioners. Also, uh, former attorney and you know been, been a guest on our show, of course, before. And John, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Roger. And when, why don't we? I know you want to talk about uh, you know several things with our, with us today in our audience. But I know recently you just delivered um, in your role as chairman, uh, delivered the state of county address in Seminole County. There's also some new news um, that you'd like to share with citizens as well, and I'll, I'll let you just take it from there. Well, yeah, thank you, Roger. Um, unfortunately, uh, one of the the things um, uh, that's happening right now is uh, we're getting very uh, dry weather and very low humidity, which, of course, we all welcome uh, at this time when, of the year when we're getting beautiful weather. Unfortunately, uh, that, the, that it creates conditions uh, that uh, are uh, very good for, for brush fires and wildfires. Uh, you may recall that last year we were under a burn ban notice here in Seminole County uh, for almost a two-month period from late March uh, all the way through uh, into May. Well, unfortunately, here we go again. Uh, yesterday, I issued my first executive order of this year, uh, declaring a state of uh, local emergency and establishing a local burn ban. Uh, and uh, basically what that, uh, that means, it doesn't mean you can't have a, a barbecue or anything else like that. Basically, it means you can't have any open burning. Uh, if you do burn anything outside, keep it contained, uh, especially, you know, in your barbecue. Make sure you're not, uh, there's not uh, uh, some kind of a, a flicker or a spark that goes someplace else. And... Um, uh, the, the burn ban is, is uh, effective for seven days. Uh, last year, I had to sign 13 consecutive ones of them. Hopefully, uh, we're, we're not going to have that this year. Uh, as you know, uh, our people uh, had to fight uh, a couple of really, really uh, dangerous uh, wildfires last year and uh, did so admirably without any loss of property value or any loss of life. Um, and uh, this year, uh, um, hopefully, we'll, we'll get some rain soon. So pray for rain. 
Uh, and uh, the power of prayer can be very, very important in this situation. So pray for rain so we can get these uh, burn ban conditions lifted. Uh, uh, wildfires, of course, are a very, very difficult thing to control for public safety, and uh, they really tax our firefighters quite a bit. So um, be vigilant out there in Seminole County. We're the first ones to initiate the burn ban because we're the first county really where the conditions have reached the point where, uh, under our requirements and our administrative codes, uh, we we should be instituting the burn ban. Well, thank you. That's for, uh, one thing uh, that, I did just yesterday. Uh, we've tried to get that word out, and I appreciate uh, you uh, allowing me to do that uh, here on the show. Oh yeah, just a very serious uh, matter could be uh, you know, a lot of a lot of a big problem. You know, we all know uh, in recent years, Flagler County's had extraordinary difficulty you know, with with fires, out of control fires, and things like that. So, no, so thanks for sharing that with us today. Sure thing. Yeah, our. Um, Last year, it was kind of uh, amazing. We had um, uh, so many. We had an 80-acre brush fire and our, our, uh, over in the Live Oak area on the east part of the county. And our firefighters uh, fought that uh, together with uh, some other jurisdictions and some private sector business, businesses. Um, and uh, they didn't lose one house, and it was amazing. Uh, I think uh, you saw on TV some of, the, some of the photographs of the fire raging around all these houses. They didn't lose one house. Um, and a um, uh, similar type of situation happened in the Geneva area um, where uh, our fire department was uh, also uh, in coordination with uh, uh, other, other uh, jurisdictions as well. Uh, and um, that's, you know, it's, it's when hurricanes hit and, and uh, firefighters, uh, uh, fire, uh, brush fires or wildfires uh, start that uh, people understand how much they need the government and, uh, why you have to support our, our public safety and public health people. But they do a great job, and they did a great job last year, and hopefully we won't tax them too much uh, too much this year. We'll get some good rain soon. And I know you delivered the State of the County address. Is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners, some of the well, highlights? Uh, you know, one thing I, 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 I actually uh, wanted to emphasize in the State of the County address, uh, which I delivered two weeks ago at the Marriott, it was attended by more than 500 people. Um, it's a great honor to deliver that address. Um, I work with incredibly bright, uh, dedicated, and hardworking colleagues and, our, and, and a tremendous staff. You know, 2017, we had the worst brush fires we had in 20 years. We had our worst hurricane in 14 years. Uh, we continued to battle the public health crisis that were posed by Zika and uh, the evil scourge of opioid addiction. Um, and uh, then we had 300 Puerto Rican families uh, settle with us, complete with 490 school children. Uh, but uh, we, we not only we not only sustained uh, ourselves during that particular period, we continued to thrive because in, in Seminole County, we put a value on working together in the different sectors and the different uh, public officials. Um, and uh, whether it be in times of challenge or crisis or, or celebration or joy in 2017, we worked together as a community because uh, that made us stronger. So that was the message uh, I wanted to uh, address. I could go on for your entire show here, litany of our statistics about our great schools and our great trails, our great public safety. We're the fourth uh, highest-rated uh, uh, health county in the in the state. Our health department is tremendous. They they do tremendous uh, initiatives. Uh, they keep us, especially our most vulnerable, healthy. Uh, we've had uh, private initiatives that have had great success in assisting with our homelessness problem, and uh, uh, that's the great thing about Seminole County is um, we, we all work together, and um, and that makes us proud of, our, of the people we uh, we represent, and uh, it makes us stronger. 
Now, John, I, if, you know, as I understand it, you also want to address this conflict, if you will, um, between the, the Board of County Commissioners, of which you're the chairman, and the clerk's office, uh, Grant Malloy's office as a uh, county clerk of, of Seminole County. Of course, we've talked about that, as you know, uh, quite a bit on our show. And um like to have you, from the other perspective, from the county perspective, join us. And you know, the, there was a lawsuit; it was um, ruled upon um, in court last week. And um, I'll just let you share, you know, your, your perspective on things there. Well, yeah, thank you, Roger. As as uh, I pointed out, we're stronger when we work together. Um, and the custom, the practice, and tradition in Seminole County uh, is for all of the sectors and all of the elected officers to work together. Uh, unfortunately, that's not happening with uh, our newly elected clerk, Mr. Malloy. Um, and as a result, he's not following the law, and we had to file a lawsuit against him. Uh, he went on your show, um, and I actually listened to a tape on it, and uh, uh, he was quite contemptuous of the the county commission. Uh, he's gone on social media. He's called us crazy. He called our lawsuit frivolous. Well, last week, as you pointed out, the court ruled in favor of the county commission. And, uh, you know, to set the record straight, I want to tell your listeners what this was all about. The county commission is the duly elected governing body of Seminole County, and it's authorized to exercise all the powers of local self-government, including, of course, investing the money and safeguarding the money uh, that it collects for taxes and fees and everything else like that that is held by the clerk of the court as a custodian. The clerk of the court is not a governing body. However, Mr. Malloy can't accept that. That's what the law says, but Mr. Malloy can't accept it. Um, last year, as chairman of the board, I worked with Mr. Malloy for a number of months uh, to adopt an investment policy to uh, invest the policy, the, the, the funds that he holds as custodian, and to select professional advisors on how to invest the county's money. Now, I, I dealt with Mr. Malloy in good faith. We incorporated his suggestions into the investment policy and the public bid selection process for the investment advisors. We then selected the investment advisors. This is after months of work, and after we did all that work, Mr. Malloy basically double-crossed us. He unilaterally declared that he would not take direction from the county commission on how to invest the county's money, and he told the investment advisors that he would not pay them. Uh, the, the clerk's position is that he alone is authorized to decide how to invest our people's tax money and which county bills should be paid. Well, given the, the strange behavior, we filed a lawsuit asking the court to compel the court, the clerk, to perform his proper duties and to cease and desist from exercising powers of the county commission. Well, as you pointed out uh, last week in a well-reasoned nine-page decision, the Chief Judge of the Ninth Circuit uh, granted this specific relief. The bottom line here is that we have to work together, um, and you can't work with a constitutional officer who's not a governing body when that constitutional officer wants to exercise governing body powers. Um, you take an oath to follow the law, and the county commission are oaths to follow the law. And it's just a travesty that Mr. Malloy forced the county to expend public money to file a lawsuit just to compel to follow the law. Uh, the decision of the court was clear. It was unambiguous. But he refuses to follow it, and he has taken an appeal. Uh, we have moved to remove the stay that goes into effect on the appeal. Um, he shouldn't further waste the, the people's money in, in what is obviously just a vain and futile attempt to increase his own power at the expense of the power of the people, which they exercise through the governing body. He needs to understand what his oath is. He needs to follow the law, and he needs to work cooperatively with the county commission instead of trying to exercise powers he clearly does not possess. 
That's what the court said. So that's where that, I wanted to set the record to... straight on how this, this lawsuit arose. Uh, the county commission has done everything properly here. We have followed the law. Um, Mr. Malloy does not want to follow the law. He wants to have powers that he does not have. He's gone on his own website, and he has called himself the chief financial officer of the county. He is not. If you go into the statutes and the Constitution, as the court told him, no, you're not the chief financial officer of the county. Um, he also refers to himself as the ex officio sixth member uh, of the county commission. Um, we don't know where he's getting this stuff from, uh, but apparently he's uh, kind of deluded himself into thinking that uh, he has governing powers. Uh, and he needs to just – somebody needs to talk to him and, and just set him straight uh, because, he, quite frankly, uh, it's, it's making the county look silly. Um, and uh, he just doesn't have these powers, but he insists, uh, even through an appeal, after court tells him that he's wrong and he's dead wrong. Um, well, well, John, uh, yeah, th- thanks for, for joining us and uh, you know, giving your perspective as chairman of the Board of County Commission for Simmel County. We're you know, near our break now. Um, you know, I, I did want to just you know, make a, a point or two. Now, now it's I mean, I you know, obviously Grant's not here, and um, but you know, I, as, you, as I'm sure you know, I've I've essentially seen his things from his perspective. Perspective. So, I'll just make a point or two. I, you know, fr- from, you know, the, the other side of the coin, if you will. I I, I believe, and, and his his contention is that, and he's supported by other clerks of court around the state that that he does have you know, the authority to do some of the investing of the money. Of course, that was what went into the was argued before court. Um, you know, of course, he's appealing. You know, I kind of suspect if if the board of county commissioners had had you know lost, they you guys would most likely appeal. Anyway, that's um, just wanted to make those points. Appreciate you coming on and and giving your perspective as the chairman of the board of county commissioners, yeah, Seminole County. So, so Roger, I, I I practiced law for thirty five years. Um, somebody posed the question to me. Well, if you had lost, were you going to appeal? Quite frankly. The thought never occurred to me because in 35 years of practicing law, I never had a case that I was so sure we were going to win than this one. Mr. Malloy's legal position was not only poor, it was non-existent. Okay. Well, we'll see what around the, the next round. But uh, thank you for, for joining us today, John. Roger. John Horan, chairman of the Simmel County Board of County Commission. We're going to go to a break right now, and we'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Please stay with us. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. We might have a little fun along the way. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. A program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions. God, family, country. It's great to be with you today. We've got a great show for you. We'll get right into it. Before we get started, though, I want to let you know our program is presented by our friends over at Florida Door Solutions and let you know that if you've got garage door problems, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. You can find them at FLADoor.com or give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. That's 866-FLA-DOOR. Tell them you heard it on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Well, speaking of Florida Door, we're pleased to be joined by one of our regular guests now, uh, actually from Florida Door Solutions, Nikki Cook. Nikki, great to see you again. Thanks for coming over again. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always fun. And now you've brought a guest with you, and why don't you introduce her and uh, tell us a little bit about, about your is, guest. 
This is Penny Cedar. She is the executive director of Habitat for Humanity Seminole Apopka. Uh, longtime friends now. We work really well together. Um, she's got a heart of gold, and the, the, the services she provides our community are amazing. So I wanted to make sure everyone got a chance to meet her. Yeah, Habitat for Humanity, a great organization, as we've talked about before. In fact, Penny's been on our, our show before, over the phone, actually yeah. before, and actually I think on um, you know, other shows as well. But um, we're talking about Habitat for Humanity in general and also an exciting project that, that, we, that, that you're involved in that, that you've shared with us before about Women Build. Yes. But before we do that, I want to let you know, you know I'd, I'd talk a little bit about, and first I want to remind our audience, our friends, that this coming Tuesday, March the 6th, FM 105.5, The Answer, AM 660, The Answer, and AM 1520, WBZW, will present the Apopka City Council Candidate Town Hall. That'll be Tuesday, March the 6th, at Journey Christian Church, Apopka, 1965, South Orange Blossom Trail. All eight candidates will appear, and uh, we're really looking forward to having you, all of you come out and join us. Uh, the doors will open at 6.15. You can meet the candidates before the town hall, and then the town hall will start at 7 p.m., and speaking of the Apopka City elections, I know Florida Door Solutions uh, has a great promotion. In, in fact, you know, Florida Door Solutions and Nikki are urging all citizens to get out and vote in these elections. And Nikki, tell us a little bit about your efforts on, on that end. Yeah, we want to make sure all the residents in Apopka do vote. I'm not a city resident, so I'm not allowed to vote, although I work in Apopka and my heart's in Apopka. I graduated from Apopka High School. I grew up in Apopka. Um, but we want to make sure everyone gets out to vote, um, whether it's early voting, mail, um, absentee ballot, however you do it, or you actually go to your poll on March 13th. Um, however you vote, take a selfie of your I Voted sticker or your mail-in ballot. Don't show me who you voted for. Just the envelope is fine. Um, and post it on our Facebook page, and you'll be entered to win. There's going to be one of three winners. The big one, you'll win a um, top-of-the-line um, garage door opener sponsored by LiftMaster. Um, that's 8550W, the new belt drive with the... Um, built-in MyQ and Wi-Fi, so you can control and operate your garage door from anywhere on your phone. Um, and then we have a couple other prizes, too. So please get out and make sure that your voice is heard and you vote. I appreciate uh, what a great idea to encourage people to get out, participate, vote, and, uh, and make it fun at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. We, we love getting the selfies. And you don't even have to put your face in it. It only has to be your sticker. I know how that goes. I hate selfies myself. <laughs> so just a selfie of your sticker will work. And we're going to announce the winner Right, right here on, on actually on Blue Darter Sports Central that yep. Friday in the eleven o'clock hour. Yep, it'll be live. Um, there'll be three winners, so everyone um, has a chance to win. Just make sure you get out there and vote. No, um, Debbie, excuse me, Nikki. Um, why don't we talk? Let's talk about Habitat for Humanity, and um, let's go to, to Penny. And Penny, first of all, can you give us a, a brief overview of the mission of Habitat for Humanity? Well, uh, Habitat for Humanity really is a catalyst in a community, bringing people together um, of all different faiths, uh, organizations, companies, individuals, churches, and all of that, uh, really to make an impact on their own community uh, by uh, creating affordable housing, sustainable, affordable housing. And um, we've had the pleasure of being able to work with Florida Door um, Solutions uh, several times throughout the years, and uh, it takes folks like them and um, be, being able to have the opportunity to be on a radio station like this to spread the word and uh, get more people involved, whether they volunteer or they um, give money or um, just come and help us and um, do some advocacy, get out there and vote for things that matter when it comes to affordable housing. So we're trying to be experts in that in that arena. And Nikki, can you talk about how you first uh, got involved with Habitat Humanity and, and why you chose to, to make it such a big part of, of, of your life and, and of the charitable things that Florida Door Solutions does? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually joined before Penny, um, well, 
Apopka and Seminole Merge before I even met Penny. Um, I just, I heard about it and thought, oh, this is amazing. This is exactly um, what we, what I want to be involved in. It was Brian Nelson um, at the time. He was a, a state representative and he was the one telling me, you know, this is a great organization. You really, you know, should look into it. And I started volunteering um, and doing some other things to kind of raise funds and awareness. Um, we ne- we hadn't at that point built a house in Apopka. Um, so now we actually are building a house in Apopka, or houses, an entire neighborhood in Apopka. Um, so, it, I mean, it's it's not even two miles from the house I grew up in. So it's it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, last year, the house I helped build, a single mom and her daughter were moving in. And she's now going to Apopka High School and, you know, growing up not two miles down the road from where I grew up. So it's really cool to see um, what Habitat's doing. It's definitely not a handout. It is a hand up. It is helping someone that, you know, wants to be a homeowner, that wants to be, uh, have good credit, that, you know, wants to establish a, a life here. And that's what they're doing. We're, they're helping them. Friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We're glad you're joining us. We're joined today by Nikki Cook of Florida Door Solutions and by Penny Cedar of Habitat for Humanity. And we're talking about the great work that Habitat Humanity does right now. And uh, offshoot of the work that Habitat Humanity does is the project Women Build, which Nikki's heavily involved in as well, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But picking up where, where Nikki w- was mentioning about the commitment um, of people that do volunteer for Habitat for Humanity, that's one of the things that, that really gets my attention about Habitat is that um, you know, the people, it's not just people just um, writing a check, which is good, or, or you know doing something minor. The people that get involved with Habitat for Humanity really invest themselves in it, it, it and, and really <laughs> devote a tremendous amount of time and, and literally hard work and uh, actually literally build, build the houses. And uh, Penny, can you, can you share that aspect with us, please? Well, um, you know, yes, we depend heavily on volunteer labor to help build houses. Um, we depend on um, the donation of materials and, and, of course, cash because there are things that we have to pay for. Um, you know, even so we're Habitat, not everything is donated. A good portion of it is, but not all of it. So, um, yeah, we have to. We really have to be able to wrangle the community together, and in, 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 you know, people who have different levels of commitment and different things to bring to to Habitat, re- different kinds of resources. So Nikki's been involved in our Women Build program, um, as well as Florida Door Solutions actually having donated garage door for a Habitat project. It's those things that really do make an impact. So um, Nikki um, is. Uh, Participating in Women Build, it's a program that Habitat does every spring, um, and it is a program to empower women out on the job out on the job site. And a good majority of the families that we serve are, as Nikki said, single women, head of household. And a majority, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but a majority of households that are headed up by single women, those families live in poverty. So we're really helping to break that cycle of poverty and create help that family create strength, stability, and self-reliance through the Habitat program. And, and Nikki, can you talk about, I know you've been involved, as you, as you told us, for a while. What are some of the, can you share an experience or two with us? Yeah, last year was the biggest one that sticks out in my brain. I was literally swinging a hammer right next to the soon-to-be homeowner. And it was amazing just to see her face. That We kind of laughed, and I said, well, every day when you walk in your closet and you see that crooked wall, you're going to think of Nikki. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and sign it. And she laughed. Um, I'm not, I'm, I, yes, I'm not, um, I'm not, being on a job site is very, very familiar to me, but swinging hammers always on a job site isn't. So they had to correct my um, expertise and tell me how to do it correctly. <laughs> um, I learned, I learned from the best, but um, it, it was just an amazing feeling to get out there and to see women that, you know, they're, they're typing and they're in an office all day and never, ever on a job site. They 
They don't have job site shoes. They don't have a hard hat in their truck like I do. They don't carry around a tape measure like I do. And they're out there sweating, doing the same thing I'm doing. And it was really cool just to see everything they had learned. I mean, throughout the entire, I call it season, the Women Build program, um, Lowe's hosts classes. So you learn to hang drywall, to swing a hammer correctly, to how to how to hang certain boards and how to do certain things. It's really cool to see what people are learning. And it is a women-based program. So it's women that are, would have never considered picking up a hammer. And here they are building a home. It's really cool. That's great. And thanks for sharing that firsthand real-world experience about what it's really like to be a Habitat for Humanity volunteer. And I do, uh, for full disclosure, I do need to share with our audience that, that we're talking with a woman, Nikki, that that, that uh, has installed a garage door before, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, I have. It's been a long time. <laughs> It'll be crooked now, I promise. <laughs> we're going to go to a break in about two minutes. When we come back, we'll talk more about, of course, Habitat for Humanity, but also Women Build as well. Um, before we go to break, Penny, anything else you'd like to share in, in this segment? Well, just to, you know that Nikki was talking about swinging a hammer right next to the woman who was going to be purchasing the house. And I think that's important to know that when we are able to bring volunteers and sponsors together, we, you know, we can make that house affordable, but it is not free. So the family that's going to be buying the house really learns some great skills through the program, not just swinging a hammer, but how to put together a budget, how to be a successful homeowner. And they are truly part of their own solution. And so it really does motivate uh, volunteers like Nikki to keep coming back because what she knows is that th- their family is most likely going to be very successful and um, be able to break that cycle of poverty, which is huge. So Nikki gets to be you know, instrumental in, in making that happen. No, that that's great. I want to when we come back from break, pick up right there and talk more about that because I know you have a um, you know very pretty strenuous criteria about who you select um, to, to to build the houses and then also as you uh, touched on briefly, there's a, a very a high success rate for the people that that you select and and who who have who, who you build the houses for. So um, we'll talk about that when we come back from break. Before we go to break, once again, I want to remind you that our program is sponsored and supported by our friend Dr. Patrick Saint Germain, DC at Saint Germain Chiropractic and BurnFatOrlando.com. And also, once again, remind you about the town, Popka City Council Candidate Town Hall 2018 presented by Dr. Patrick St. Germain, D.C. and Burn Fat Orlando and sponsored by Porky's Original Barbecue and Waste Management. That's coming up this Tuesday, March the 6th at Journey Christian Church, 1965, South Orange Blossom Trail of Popka. Doors open at 615 when you can meet the candidates. Town Hall begins at 7 p.m. Please stay with us. We'll be right back on The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Great to be with you today. It's always great to get together for a few minutes every week to talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And, of course, as you know, we also pay a particular focus and like to highlight positive community-oriented groups Um, and organizations on our show and highlight positive work that's being done in our Central Florida community. And today's program right now, we're talking about that right now, and we're featuring Habitat for Humanity, specifically the Women Build Project, and our guests are Nikki Cook of Florida Door Solutions and Penny Cedar, representing Habitat for Humanity. Before we go back to Nikki and Penny, I want to, of course, give a shout-out to our friends over at Porky's Original Barbecue in Apopka and also let you know that there's so many great things that we talk about about Porky's um, 
pretty much every week. Um, you know, the wonderful, just the, the great barbecue, the wonderful specialty sandwiches like the monster ribeye sandwich and the legendary pig dip. But also, we want to end, of course, the, the one-of-a-kind sides and classic old-school southern side, cooking sides like uh, southern green beans, black-eyed peas, collard greens. But I also want to let you know that Porky's caters. In fact, they do an outstanding job of catering, and you can find out more about that at porkysapopka.com. That's porkysapopka.com. And, of course, they're located 256 East Main Street, right in the heart of downtown Apopka. Now let's go back to Nikki Cook and Penny Cedar. And you know, let's go back to, to Penny right now. And Penny, well, let's talk about that process of how um, a worthy candidate would, would uh, approach or, or how would qualify uh, for a Habitat for Humanity home. So um, I, a qualified Habitat for Humanity homebuyer looks like this. So they, there's always three criteria, whether it's um, here in Apopka or it's all the way across the world in Guatemala or across the country in California. There's always three criteria that um, a homebuyer has to meet. So the first is that there is a verifiable housing need. The second is that they have the ability to pay an affordable mortgage. And the third, and I think in many ways the most important, is the um, willingness to partner. So to clarify, um, a housing need looks like uh, maybe uh, several families are living under the same roof. Um, it could be that uh, the, the place where the family lives is very poor, very poorly maintained by the landlord, um, substandard kind of living conditions. Uh, it could also be that the family is paying more than 30% of their take-home pay for their housing. So those would be criteria that would qualify for that verifiable need, and we do verify all those things. Uh, the second is the ability to pay. So like I said before, the house is not free. The family will pay an affordable, modest mortgage. Um, so a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house uh, is going to cost a family around $600 a month, which is um, actually less than half of the uh, going rent in Apopka for, a, you know, just for an apartment right up the street is is – way more than that. It's more than double that. So, but we want to make sure that they can, they can pay that, that mortgage. And Habitat um, does a no-profit mortgage option for our families. And um, we want to make sure that they've got some skin in the game and that they can help to pay back the portion of the house that Habitat has had to pay for, like I mentioned before. So that is, um, that, that ability to pay is important. And then the third, the third is that willingness to partner. And so we have a whole uh, series of education classes that our families have to go through, things like how to put together a family budget, how to, um, you know, understanding what their mortgage payment is made of, how to maintain their house, how to, um, you know, be a good neighbor. Uh, Sometimes we do civic engagement um, classes with them where they get to meet their their local um, representatives. And so, but I think the most important part is the budgeting, the budgeting and credit uh, classes that they take. And, um, and then the sweat equity. So the sweat equity definitely shows a willingness to partner. Sweat equity is their time on the job site working next to volunteers like Nikki, swinging a hammer, maybe volunteering in one of, no, we're not volunteering, but doing some of their work in one of our um, Habitat for Humanity restores. Uh, but that sweat equity is their down payment 
on their house. So we take it very seriously. Um, so that's why it's not volunteer. It they're they're actually having the chance to buy a house by doing their sweat equity. So we want to make sure that the families complete that. We require a single um, head of household, 200 hours, and a dual head of household, 400 hours of sweat equity. Very interesting. Now, now let's go back to, to Nikki. Now, can you talk about um, just more about the, the Dream Build project? Women build project. Um, yeah, it's it's like Penny was saying. The actual homeowner is out there swinging a hammer with you. Uh, last year we had two soon-to-be homeowners helping build the same house. So obviously one wasn't going to live in that house, but yet she was still helping us. Um, it was cool to hear her story, her background. She was helping her elderly mother as well as her, I believe it was three or four children, um, and she just couldn't wait to actually own a home of her own. And that was, you know, never in the cards for her. Growing up, she never in a million years thought she could be a homeowner. And now this dream is coming true. So you, you mistakenly calling it dream build is, is spot on. It's perfect because, I, you know, last year I actually was able to purchase a house on my own. And it was a dream come true because being a single woman and owning a home is amazing. Um, it was hard work. Um, but, you know, I had my parents to explain credit to me, to explain budgeting to me, to explain how to balance a checkbook. You know, things you don't learn in school. And some people don't have that. And if your mother didn't do that, then your mother doesn't know how to teach you that and it just never got passed down to them so yeah they take these classes they learn more than what we learn in standard you know high school education or public school education and now she gets to be a homeowner and it's it's really empowering it's really impressive the work that habitat does and that these homeowners do and then most of them you know after their house is built they don't feel like their job's done you'll still find them out on a habitat house you and i anyone can log on um, to their website and see the the building schedule and you at any point you can come out and help build. So whether it's Saturday morning, you have an extra two hours, come out, swing a hammer, help us paint, help us drywall. I mean, at any point during the building process, we, they always need volunteers. And I'm telling you, you'd be surprised the person that just shows up to help. And it's really impressive to see the, the actual community come together. You know, that's wonderful. And just to follow up on what both you and Penny said, you know, it's, as you were talking, Nikki, I was thinking, you know, back kind of like to, the, to the dream build, <laughs> you know, uh, misquote. Um, but really, you know, when to, to um, be involved in any charitable project is good. Yes. And, and of course, you know, why we encourage everybody to, to find something that they can give back to. But but Habitat and what the work that you're doing with Women Build and Habitat for Humanity, you're, it's not everything that you do to help somebody can really help them achieve their dreams. And that's that's what you guys are, are doing. Exactly. And this year is really cool for me. I got a group of 10 of my girlfriends. We all grew up. We were raised in the area. Um, and we're all, you know, our goal is to raise $5,000 as a group. We're doing a couple charity events. We're going to have a cornhole tournament um, at the Tavern in April. And we'll do a couple give back nights at Beefle Brady's and a couple places around <clears> town. <throat> Just spreading awareness that Habitat is here in Apopka. We lost the Restore a couple years ago. So people don't see that logo as much anymore here. But Habitat is still very, very much in Apopka and very much helping our community out. So getting the community involved is amazing. So if at any point you want to volunteer and you're just not sure, let me know when it is. Send me an email. Give me a call at the office and I will volunteer with you. I would I would love to do it at any point. That's awesome. And then before we go back to Penny, I did want to just mention briefly about what Penny shared with us and, and you as well, Nikki, about um, just, the, I guess, what I would call the mentoring process and the educational process that Nikki spelled out, um, excuse me, that Penny spelled out for us, which I think is really, you know, puts Habitat over and above. And it's, um, you're not just helping somebody, uh, you get into a home and kind of leaving them out there, <laughs> walking away and leaving it out there. You help them prepare 
before they, it, you know, the whole process even even gets going, um, and, and to get the home, and then when they have the home, you know, you're helping them to have the skills that will help them to, to, to maintain it and, and and live there successfully. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Penny, anything else, and Nikki, anything else that you'd like to share with us today? Well, you know, I just think when when people work hard for something, they appreciate it a whole lot more than when it's given to them. So um, we're definitely built on that premise that, um, you know, we, we want our families to be part of their own solution. Um, the only other thing I would just mention is that we are here in Apopka over the next few years in pretty in a, in a pretty big way. Um, we're going to be building uh, a new subdivision inside of an already well-established neighborhood in South Apopka. And the name of the project is Juniper and Arbor Bend. Um, and altogether, we've, we've started the first uh, seven houses and um, we we have it'll be a total of fifty six homes. So this was a, a project where we did bring several different entities together to make this happen. Um, it uh, it's obviously Habitat for Humanity, Seminole County, and Greater Popka, But we invited our neighboring Habitat affiliate in to help us build some of the houses, which is the Habitat Orlando group. Um, it it was also a partnership with Homes and Partnership and Orange County. And then we'll be bringing in faith-based communities, uh, faith-based organizations, and um, and corporations to help to help us get that finished. Exciting stuff! Yeah, it really is. Thanks for being here to share with us, Nikki. Anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Nope. I, I just want to say thank you so much for supporting Habitat for Humanity, even if it's not Women Build and it's not my team. I'm okay with it. Um, whether it's five dollars or five hours you can donate we are always looking for someone so please reach out to me to penny to anyone that you see that you know even mentions habitat if you're not sure how you can help i promise there's a way so just let me know what kind of way you can you can give and even if it's just an hour of your time and making phone calls and looking for sponsorships i promise you we can put you to work (laughs) thanks for the great work you do and then especially for being here to to share with us about it and with our listeners about it and uh, and also one more thing now to participate in the Get out the vote effort that Florida Door Solutions is doing. You go to the Florida Door Solutions. Yep, go to our Florida Door Solutions Facebook page and like us on Facebook, and then post a selfie of your absentee ballot, um, the 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 sealed envelope, not your ballot, please, and um, your I voted sticker or your I voted sticker. That's how you're entered to win the raffle, and we will select the winners live on the radio with Roger Williams that Friday, uh, March sixteenth. Excited about that. And yeah, this is a, an election where a lot of people are engaged, a lot of people are excited about it, and this is a, we encourage you to, to go to the Board of Door Solutions Facebook page and, and take it up one more level. Yes, absolutely. Please vote. Well, we're going to go to our next break. When we come back a little bit later, we'll be speaking with um, our friend Vito Fira of Network Sound and Video. He's got some exciting new news for you. And uh, we'll also have some other things to talk about as well. So please stay with us on the Roger Flank and Williams Show. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And we might have a little fun along the way. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. A program that's dedicated to protecting preserving and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. 
as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And, of course, on our program, The Roger Franklin Williams Show, we do that from a perspective that honors America's founding traditions of God, family, and country. I have a great show for you today. I'll introduce my guests in just a moment. First of all, I want to give a big shout-out to our friends over at Porky's Original Barbecue in Apopka, owner Steve White, celebrating their 15th anniversary this week and this month. Yes, Porky's has been in Central Florida now for 15 years. It's They've provided a wonderful place for people to go, not only get great food, uh, great old-fashioned um, sides like you know green beans and collards and many other great things along with their outstanding barbecue um, and creative dishes as well, such as the monster ribeye sandwich, the pig dip, the barbecue Cuban, the Mac Daddy burger, and many, many others. But just uh, even more so, Porky's and Steve White owner have made a huge contribution to our community by giving back to many, many, many organizations and supporting many organizations in our community and just it's just a great fun place for fam to go and hang out with family and friends. So we salute Porky's Barbecue in Apopka and owner Steve White for their fifteenth fifteen years of serving our community in such a magnificent way. Now we're pleased to introduce our guest for today. I'm very happy to be joined by Mr. Kyle Hayes, and he's representing our friends over at St. Barnabas Episcopal School in Deland. And Kyle, great to see you. Thanks for coming over today. Thanks for having me, Roger. I really appreciate it. And first of all, Kyle, I would like just can you give us an overview of St. Barnabas Episcopal School? You know, uh, head of school Paul Garcia has joined us a couple, you know, several times in the in the past. Also, Dave Dugo, admissions director, and, and we've shared with our audience the the wonderful, unique story of St. Barnabas. But it's um, it's all we have new listeners every week, and it's been a while since uh, St. Bar- uh, Barnabas has joined us on our show. And I'll just uh, add one thing. Um, Having visited St. Barnabas Episcopal School, you know, you just have an absolutely beautiful campus in a, in a wonderful neighborhood in, in Old Land. Yes. Uh, you know, St. Barnabas is actually one of the oldest um, churches in the area. Um, and, you know, it's just we have a wonderful opportunity to be in that lovely downtown Deland feel. Uh, I believe last year they were ranked uh, uh, number one for Main Street in America uh, for that old town feel. Uh, so we just have a wonderful opportunity to um, be in a small town where uh, everyone kind of knows each other and uh, just a beautiful area. So I've been very blessed to be there, and I think St. Barnabas uh, is a wonderful addition to that community and kind of a uh, characterizes the community in, in all aspects. We're speaking with Mr. Kyle Hayes, representing St. Barnabas Episcopal School in Deland. And, you know, Kyle, I'd like to ask you about... Um, can you just talk about, well, first of all, what, what grades are the students at St. Barnabas? Uh, we are pre-K four, so starting in a four-year-old program, uh, and going all the way up until eighth grade. So that's where we end. And I know you kind of have uh, you know, three different uh, divisions, if you will. It's not the perfect word, but uh, you know, three different levels at St. Barnabas Episcopal School, preschool, elementary, and middle school. Can you talk about the three levels? Yes. Yeah, so uh, what we're doing now is we're really encouraging families um, that, you know, are interested in a private education, especially one with Christian values, um, to begin the enrollment process really at an early age, such as pre-K-4. Uh, because what that does is it allows uh, the student to develop at an early age, uh, to uh, experience this wonderful environment that St. Saint, Saint Barnabas is, uh, and really uh, take that journey 
uh, as early as possible so that when they are uh, entering the eighth grade and leaving there, uh, they've really become a well-rounded individual. They've uh, developed relationships that will last a lifetime um, and are set up for success when they leave. Friends, we're glad you're joining us. We're talking with Kyle Hayes of St. Barnabas Episcopal School on our program today. They were, they were an outstanding private Christian school located in Deland, in fact, in a beautiful neighborhood in Old Deland, Red Brick Streets, huge oak trees, and um, you know, wonderful architecture at the church and the school. I'd like to, now Kyle, I'd like to talk, can you share with us, you know, I'd like to revisit your, your Christian mission, and can you talk about um, you know, the mission of St. Barnabas Episcopal School as, as a Christ-centered uh, a school? Um, yes, so our mission is to uh, obviously not just about developing a well-rounded whole child, uh, what we call it, but it's about really, um, you know, incorporating Christian values um, and really setting them up for excellence and success uh, when they leave here. But obviously being Christ as the cornerstone for all that we teach um, and incorporating that into all of our curriculum uh, through the fruit of the spirit uh, that we teach on a monthly basis, having them learn a different verse um, um, with the fruit um, each month. You know, it's just a wonderful opportunity for us to teach them um, while incorporating Christ as the center of all uh, faith. And we're speaking with Kyle Hayes of St. Barnabas Episcopal School on our show today. We're glad you're joining us. Now, Kyle, now can you t- I would like to, to have you share, because as Paul Garcia, head of school, has shared with us before, and also Dave Dugo, this emphasis on, you know, having a well, making sure that you're, the students at St. Barnabas have a well-rounded um, experience at St. Barnabas and your your concept of, and your emphasis on developing the whole child. Yes. Well, you see in society today and re- with really many academic in- institutions, their core focus is really on academics. And that seems to be the end all be all for uh, many institutions because so many parents and uh, organizations are just so focused on developing developing a student academically. Uh, at St. Barnabas, academics definitely plays a, a heightened role uh, in what we teach there. However, what we do uh, try to emphasize is the opportunity for every child to experience a number of different areas, uh, find what they're passionate about, and really uh, be able to incorporate their passions into that learning process, whether that be um, ac- or academics, whether it be the science program, whether it be um, athletics, fine arts, our, our art department, our, uh, our teachers, just a wonderful individual um, that uh, is, as well as all of our teachers for just really uh, developing those children, nurturing them to reach their full potential in every area and not just academics. And what that does is it really uh, gives them the opportunity academically uh, from what we've seen statistically shows uh, when you have that emphasis on athletics and fine arts uh, and giving every student the opportunity to experience that, it actually helps them academically and allows them to be successful in those academics. So, yeah, and, and along those same lines, kind of a, a similar question, but maybe going a little bit deeper is I know that one of the, especially speaking with you know, Paul Garcia and, and Dave Dugo in the past, um, and even parents at, at St. Barnabas, you know, in that overall mission of developing the whole child, you know, producing well-rounded citizens, ultimately, you um, work to, to create an environment at St. Barnabas where, encourage, where students are encouraged to, to dream dream big and, and set big goals and even get outside their the, the, the box of their comfort zone, if you will, and thinking about the possibilities of their potential. And can you address 
those, those thoughts. Yeah, we like to, our teachers are, like I said, they're very nurturing. They, they're they open to new ideas and opportunities for children to learn. Uh, just since I've been here uh, working at the school over the last uh, four or five years, I've had the opportunity to just see an enormous amount of uh, students that are being supported and uh, what their dreams are. Uh, last year, we had the opportunity for our fourth grade. Uh, they had uh, come up with the idea to raise funds um, for a, a small village uh, overseas that is, you know, not able to uh, provide livestock and other items for themselves. And they really took it upon their shoulders. The students um, really headed up the, the uh, program and raised over $4,000 to provide these different livestock um for this small village. So things like that. And then uh, from an academic standpoint, we had a really cool sixth grade program two years ago. Uh, The students were learning how to code uh, through a program, an online program that basically, um, you know, teaches them to move robots or different, different aspects of that. Uh, And what they did was the students came up with the idea, let's make this like a contest. Uh, And the teacher was all about it and creating that, fun learning environment for them and really having a couple students that wanted to take the leadership role and running that program. Uh, it was just awesome. So we were able to partner with a uh, downtown branding agency that really does coding, uh, in real life and show them how they can transfer what they were learning in that fun, um, you know, programmable environment that they were doing in the sixth grade classroom, how they can transfer that into the real world and what that looks like as they grow into that. And if it's something that they wanted to pursue. So, you know, programs like that is just a a wonderful opportunity at St. Bernard's for them to learn to, you know, not just dream big, but also pursue them. And then having teachers and staff and administration be able to support them in their uh, endeavors. Thank you for sharing. Mr. Kyle Hayes, representing St. Barnabas. Episcopal School and Prince Rupert, pleased to be able to share with Kyle today, bring you this information about one of the truly one of the truly outstanding schools um, for children in literally the state of Florida at St. Barnabas Episcopal School. We're going to go to our break in a moment. When we come back, we'll continue to speak with Kyle Hayes of St. Barnabas Christian uh, Episcopal School. Before we go to break, I want to remind you, of course, about our friends over at Florida Door Solutions and let you know that if you've got garage door problems, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. They carry all the best brands of garage doors in the garage door industry, and they service all types of garage doors. They have a residential division, and they also have a commercial division, and they work with some of the top companies in Central Florida. It's Florida Door Solutions. Find out more at FLADoor.com. That's FLADoor.com, or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR and tell them. Be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Well, friends, we'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show with Kyle Hayes of St. Barnabas Episcopal School. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.